Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, March 24th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to read again a parable from Matthew's Gospel, but before we do that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, may we hold on to the hope that you will meet us where we are. May we hold on to the hope that you will come back when you seem far away. Let us hold on to the hope that you are ever-present. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen now to the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, verses 1 through 13, as Jesus teaches. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, when you were a kid, what name did you give your favorite toy or stuffed animal? So I was the only granddaughter and only daughter, and I had a million stuffed animals, Brett. Like I had a twin bed, and I would put them all on my bed at night, and then there was no room for my legs. So I would sleep in the fetal position so I didn't disturb them. So to go through all of their names would be a lot. Uh However... Um, I had a nightgown that my grandmother made me and I would go to sleep every night with it in my hands and I would mm-hmm. like rub it. Like I just liked the texture of it yeah. and I called it my feely cover. Feely cover. So I went to bed every night with my feely cover. A very apt name for it. <laughs> what about you? Did you have, what were oh. like, what were like a top, what, what were the top three I stuffed animals? I had Leo like, the stuffed lion. Uh-huh. I had Bernard, the Saint Bernard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, let's see. What else? Did I feel I have? like this makes me understand your your you're a kid, n- your right? need your need to name everything uh, oh, in yes. your life. This was the beginning. Cars, <laughs> I name every. They all had names, and like my older brothers, this is the kind of kid I was. When my older brothers would get mad at me, they'd punch my stuffed animals, and I would scream because they were hurting my babies. Brothers are the worst. They are the worst. No, no I feel arguments like you here. would do that as <laughs> no, a brother. No arguments. No, I was too sensitive. <laughs> was too, I'd be the one crying because my stuffed animals got it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Not <was> Leo. <laughs> what uh, about you? Uh, so I also had um, 
like a t- I didn't sleep great and so I had a ton of beanie babies that were essentially like Aww. my GI Joes that I play with that night and just create stories. Uh and so they all had names, but the two most important which actually didn't they didn't make it into the uh scene of the beanie babies uh-huh. cuz they weren't the right size. Oh. Uh but they were the most important to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to you, uh, alliterations were very important, but mm-hmm. I had Paul the Penguin from when I yes. was very, very young, uh, which actually my parents just dug out and gave to me at oh. a baby shower, and it's just disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what things live in that, but <laughs> probably be on the other side of the room as our child. Uh, and then the other one I had was, so we had to take some background. We had a dog, mm-hmm. a black dog named Shadow, mm-hmm. classic. And I got for my birthday a big black stuffed dog that I called Shadow 2, obviously. <laughs> but then um, I lost – it got left at a hotel when we were traveling. And so my parents got me another one, and that was Shadow 2 Jr. Oh, <laughs> so, so you had to say Shadow 2 Jr. Uh, uh, all, all, all one word when you called that dog. You know those stuffies like Paul that are so worn out because they've just been loved so much? I think that's how God sees us. Hmm. And I think like your fingerprints are all over Paul. I think God's fingerprints are all over us from holding us and loving oh, us. That's lovely. That's lovely. Um, but to our to our scripture, although that was a lovely take on God, do we even need and to go to scripture? Uh, no. <laughs> but what do you think it means for us to to keep our lamps lit and oil ready today? What does it mean to to be prepared? Uh, for I think this? <laughs> I think we have to have so. In Matthew's gospel, everything about after the twenty fourth chapter is really about the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it means to be prepared is to hope. In the second coming, we don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, um, it sounds mystical and woo-woo, um, but for me, to be prepared is to always hold out hope that Jesus will redeem our world in some final way, and uh, and to look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And that's audacious because um, because it's so it doesn't follow the natural order of the world, yeah. right? But then neither did the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so I think having the audacity to believe in the second coming, not in a way of like um, pie in the sky, but that in some way Jesus will come and redeem this world again, and I'm going to hope in that, and I lose nothing in the hope. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, nap often, but keep the... <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> nap, a nap. Nap often with the on. lights off. Uh, so that <laughs> there's enough. Now, um, uh I think exactly what you said. Uh, I think of um, uh, Jürgen Moltmann's book, Theology of Hope. He talks about that essentially the greatest hope we have is in, which he said, the eschaton, that Jesus is coming again. That When we look, he wrote this right after, uh, he was a German, and wrote this right after World War II when he saw several of his friends destroyed by bombs. And so... when you when you look at the brokenness of the world, you look forward with the hope of perfect justice, mm-hmm. of perfect peace, of shalom, uh, and you look forward and you hope that. And even though you don't actually know what that <laughs> looks like, like we we can't we can't I can't in my broken life I can't possibly understand what a life would look like of perfect justice and perfect peace. Yeah. Um, but we have we have glimpses of it. Uh, we we have 
just just shreds of it that we know to be true that we can barely comprehend and so that changes us now and we start working towards that today um and so like so it starts with focusing on that of hoping for it it has to start with that hope uh and then that comes back to us and we start uh trying to to go ahead in that direction to journey towards it today in life and i also want to say that there are people who look at the second coming and think it is a fearful event yeah it is not for me because it's jesus who is coming again the same jesus who died to save all of humanity and so if there is some sort of judgment i trust jesus and god and their love even through that so it is having hope upon hope for this world that it will be redeemed and i also think part of keeping watch is to point and see places where god's restorative and redemptive justice is happening already you know i look at my daughter's generation um, they treat gay people better than my generation or my parents mm-hmm. ever did. Mm-hmm. There is a place for people of color that there has never been before. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it's better than it was. And for me, that's a glimpse of what the second coming might be. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, uh, what you mentioned earlier is a great point of, of maybe why uh, maybe why we don't talk about it as much as we should because there is kind of this uh, historical trauma of the of the church not i don't want to say i guess historical of, of the 20th century of <laughs> that's we got the the left behind books and the judgment yeah. of god that that in my in my opinion of, of reading scripture and theology have twisted uh, and are not an accurate portrayal um and and to put to put it clearly it's complete junk but it's this but because it's such a strong cultural image because of when it came out that has dominated our thoughts and so uh to talk about the second coming of jesus uh as leaders in the church or as even uh parishioners in the church that's the first thing that it elicits in our mind and so we don't really want to go there even if we know it to be false and so that is our uh, job and our goal is to push back against that and say, no, this is something good uh, to look forward to, 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 to look at that changes mm-hmm. us. You know, there, the, there's that part, right? The kind of like left behind dialogue or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, growing up in a secular world where education was king, to mm-hmm. say that you believed in either the resurrection or the second coming sure. was to say you believed in fairies. Yeah. And I don't think that is true either. Mm-hmm. Because again, we've had experiences of the living God within our midst. Yeah. Um, Faith is always an element of discerning best as you can the character of God through Scripture and through experience and hoping in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, that's not true because fairies are real. So that's, okay. that's not. <laughs> we'll end with a quote by Paulo Coelho. The two hardest tests on the spiritual road are the patience to wait for the right moment and the courage to not be disappointed with what we encounter. Mm, that's wonderful. I hope people don't just discount everything I said before the because last statement. <laughs> Thank you. I all. have not had an experience of a fairy. <laughs> I have had an experience of God. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. We'll be back again on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.